It feels so good to be back. All right, we got it back, guys. Century Tournament of Champions is here. PGA DFS is back. Fantasy Golf is back, and I'm pretty excited. Air Pulse with 9 to 5 Sports. I'll be getting into the preview for the Century Tournament of Champions. But first, just want to do a quick kind of announcement things here at 9 to 5 Sports. Obviously, with kind of the offseason there, uh, pretty much the month and a half, month break there, lots of opportunities to do some updates or changes obviously you guys can see the background setup a little bit more fresh there um, but just want to go over some kind of content changes that i'll be doing here in the pga season of 2022 or just the year of 2022 what i'm going to do is on mondays you know hopefully about two hours after salaries um, are released i'm going to release one main video and this might be a live stream as well we'll see uh, but this main video is going to be kind of lengthy like this one will be and then from there i'm going to pretty much release short form content from that one main video okay this is my way of avoiding any fluff so in this main video i'm going to just be covering everything and this will also be posted as a podcast as well so um we will be covering core plays on this video we'll be covering shoulder shrug plays the sleepers maybe not the sleepers for this video but fades uh the outright bets so we're going to be covering it all in this one main video on mondays and then from there obviously i can make some smaller short form content to release on tiktok instagram facebook you know wherever um so kind of excited for that i think that's going to be a better you know schedule for me in general um gets more content out to you guys in a longer you know form and you can probably chat live um if i if that's the route that i go on monday so i'm excited for that and then i have some updates on the website as well that i will be showing you guys kind of at the end of the video and throughout the video about specifically get it into it at you know for the last five minutes or so of the video which i'm pretty excited for so if you guys are listening to this on the podcast Probably don't have to pay attention to the last five minutes. If you want to, that's up to you guys. But I'm pretty excited for that stuff. Um, and then just kind of a quick announcement thing for this tournament, for the preview. There are not going to be any salaries out just yet. We just have the odds right now. We can still kind of make assumptions for PGA DFS purposes based on that. But let's get into it. So the tournament preview, the tournament is going to be played in Hawaii. It's the Century Tournament of Champions. So all the past winners from this previous year are going to be playing in this event. Most likely, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. Field could be anywhere between 30 to 34. It really just depends on if everyone's going to go. I'm assuming that they are. It's going to be played at the Plantation Course, which is a Ben Crenshaw course design. It is a little bit lengthy there. I rounded up. It's going to be 7,600 yards. So one of the more lengthy tracks on the tour. Um, and it does get kind of windy as well. So that is something to kind of pay attention to when we're going through it. But we can see it. Bermuda Greens, uh, seaside style course. Um, you know, that's probably why it gets a little bit more windy, a little bit more subject to winds. When looking at kind of the weather, it was bad or worse the last four years. Um, this is a no-cut event, so we'll talk about that a little bit later with the strategy, but that is going to be something that we need to pay attention to. So we can see average win score there, um, minus 22. So 22 under par is the average win score, which is a little bit crazy to me, but let's just show you guys. We'll pull up kind of the detailed view of the tournament as well. 
So the past four winners here have been Harris English, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele, and Justin Thomas. So what are the key characteristics of kind of those four players? Those four players really just keep the ball under control. Okay, so we probably want to be focusing on ball striking, which is what I am guess is going to be pulled up here. Um, so let's just kind of take a look here. So the data is going to be based off of which players do best given their certain finish. So no players missed the cut. It's a no cut event. That makes sense. Um, let's see here. So players that won. Let's see which really stood out there. So birdie or better percentage. Players that are really scoring are doing better, which is a little bit surprising. Typically when the weather is bad or worse, you know, 20 plus mile per hour winds, it's typically birdie to bogey ratio. So kind of interesting there, but birdie or better percentage we're seeing there. Um, see anything else? Yep, ball striking definitely popping up there. So players that finished top 10 did really well in ball striking. Then the winners have done really well in ball striking. We can see that's really kind of the third or second key characteristic there. Uh, strokes gain off the tee, a little bit shocking that that is um, up there as much as it is. But I guess maybe with the length of the course, it could be. And one thing to point out, par four scoring with the extra par four kind of makes sense that that's popping up there as well so you guys can all include that in your data if you guys want to do that as well but uh, let's just look at it real quick green speeds a 10 on the stim meter that's pretty decent uh, green sizes are going to be pretty big uh, rough length not too much of an issue a lot of bunkers um fairway line kind of normal size there so just all interesting stuff there course wise but we kind of get the good preview of what we want to be looking at and then just real quick want to show off one quick um new tool for nine to five sports. It's just the custom model. So I already have it preset to uh, H1, H2, H3, H4, which is going to be the course history, which is nice. You can just plug that in. And then the last 10 starts average. So based off of the data that we just saw, we can see ball striking is going to be key stats. So we're going to want to pull that in, include this in there. So we'll do that. Um, what was the other one? Strokes getting off the tee a little bit. We can look at that. Strokes getting off the tee, we'll include that. And then birdie or better percentage, we're going to include that. And then one stat that I always like to look at is the 95 only stat, which is the effective scoring. We're going to include that. So this is one simple way you guys can uh, kind of look at that. So just based off of that, without any of the back end stuff that I include on the cheat sheet, we can see Rory ranking out as one of the better plays. Uh, Patrick Cranley, Sam Burns, Daniel Berger, Bryson, Jordan, Sunjam. So that's just kind of one way to look at it. I kind of like that as well. But obviously we had the more deep dive in the cheat sheet, which we'll show you guys a little bit later on. But I do want to talk about um, just the key stats that I will be using specifically, and then we'll get into strategy. So the key stats I'm going to be using specifically are going to be kind of what I mentioned it strokes gain approach which is including ball striking i kind of want to be looking at those the most because that tells me that you know those players are keeping the ball in control i do want to be looking at birdie or better percentage um effective scoring is that nine to five stat which just uh, takes an accumulation of all kind of the key stats week in and week out i'm going to be looking at that long iron accuracy was one that i didn't point out to you guys but long iron accuracy with this being a longer track and with the extra added par four we do see that shots are ending up um, a little bit more in the 200 plus yards range. So players that are a little bit better with that long iron accuracy, those are going to be players I want to target. So the players that were top 10 in that are going to be Daniel Berger. Just been a real strong cut maker. That's mostly why he's pulling up there for the stat fits, which I include in there. Bryson the Shamble popping up there. Um, kind of the same thing with him. Patrick Hanley, Jordan Spieth, Sunjay M. Sunjay M always kind of a good stat fit. He's just uh, 
a super safe and consistent player week in and week out. Rory popping up there. Rory had a great fall swing, so no real shock there for Rory. John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, and Sam Burns. But now I do want to get into the strategy for this week because the strategy is going to be key. With this being a no-cut event, we know that strategy is key because we kind of lose the edge that we gain with the full tournament field events. But what I have seen really is that these no-cut events have been some of my best. If we look at the last no-cut event, the Hero World Challenge, on the main slate, it wasn't that good of an event for me as a whole, but showdown-wise, it was spectacular. Uh, pretty much every round, I had a chance to take down a GPP, end up taking one down, which was awesome. Had a second place finish in another one, and that it was kind of weird. The one that I took down the GPP and actually won less money than the one that I took second place in because I took like third, fourth, and fifth too as well. So kind of interesting there, but that is going to be a strategy that I deploy um, more so in 2022 in general, but for no cut events, because I think that's where we can find the biggest edge. So I might scale back my entries a little bit more um, than I typically would for these no cut events, because as a whole, they're much more unpredictable. They have a lot more higher variance because there's no cut. You know, we lose that edge. Players can really come back. Someone like Justin Thomas, if he struggles for the first two rounds, we know he has the ability to go low and eventually or potentially get a top 10 finish. So we can easily see that with someone like Justin Thomas. Okay, we can see that happening. But the approach for this one is going to be studs and does. <clears throat> time in and time again, we see that this is the best approach to go with for these no-cut events because you really want to be targeting the players that have the most upside. And those players are going to be the highest priced players on the slate. It's better for you guys to get a the player that's going to win or second place or third place. It's better to be on those guys than to be on all players that are going to get top 10 finishes pretty much because chances are there's going to be a miss in there. So if your miss is on a value, that is much better for you. So do studs and does try to fit like three 9K players in your build. Go with that approach. Um, and then you could fit in a dud. Obviously, we don't have the salaries out yet, but there is one player that I think is going to be lower price than they should be for this week, and I'm excited to get into him. We have seen players mention that course history does matter here as well, which is kind of an interesting thing to me. So when we talk about course history mattering, um, it's coming from all the players that have played this event, which, think about it, they're all players that have played the event. If you're playing this event multiple times, you're just a good golfer, okay? So those quotes are coming from like Jordan or Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson. Those guys are just world-class golfers. So them coming out and saying that course history matters, playing this course before it matters, I don't know how much we can take out of that because I feel like they're kind of drawing some of their conclusions to the fact that when new people come to the event, they kind of struggle. Although Harris English, our boy Harris English, he didn't struggle there. He got that first place finish last year so it's kind of just an interesting thing there as a whole uh personally i you know we do see that a little bit in the data that sure players that play this event for the first time typically do struggle a little bit more but at the end of the day if you're hitting your shots that's the best um one thing i do want to point out though is that even with the weather the scoring has been pretty low. It's been a little bit easier as well, which adds to the variance as well. So just another thing that I want to point out. And then one other thing that adds to the variance as well is that while there's a bunch of new stuff going on for these players, a lot of these players either have a new sponsor, they're gaming some new gear, maybe they switched up their practice routine or workout routine a little bit here. This is kind of their first event in which they're going to be testing out that stuff. And then that being said, we do see that the longer a player takes off from competitive rounds, 
the more variance comes in. So a lot of these guys haven't played a competitive round on tour for two months, maybe one month, maybe three months. You know, we just haven't seen them too much. So that all adds into a higher variance. So typically speaking, this is just a much higher variance no cut event than you know we typically want. And that kind of goes back to the fact that I, I probably will be attacking showdown slates a little bit more than I typically would. All right, so that is pretty good for the preview. Let's get into the course history and then we'll get into what you guys all came for. We'll get into the picks. So mentioning course history here, we got the average results here over the last four years. So Harris English, one start, one win. Best, you're not going to beat that. Uh, Rory, though, Rory popping up here as well for course history. Um, he's going to be someone that I think we mentioned a little bit later on in this video. Rory has finished uh, fourth in, well, three years ago. So I guess that is his only start here. But he's a good stat that he's been playing some good golf. He's someone that I like. Sanjay M casually popping up. Fifth place finisher last year. And those guys, that's where like I'm like, does course history really matter? But Harris English and Sanjay M, they're you know one of the best golfers in the world. So not really shocking that they played well. Then we get into John Rahm. Four straight top 10 finishes from John Rahm. Seventh, 10th, 8th, and 2nd. That's some really good stuff there from him. Uh, Colin Morikawa, two straight seventh place finishes. Justin Thomas, third, first, third, and 22nd place finish. So the last three years, he's finished T3 or better. Really great stuff there from JT. Uh, Xander, kind of the same thing. Fifth, second, first. Really good stuff there from him. Um, after that, Jordan had a ninth place finish here uh, four years ago. We look at Daniel Berger. He's had a 10th place finish and 11th place finish. Patrick Cantley, 14th or 13th, 4th, and 15th place finish. So we do have some players with some strong course history. Really, you want to see a guy that's had a top 15 place finish or so. Some of the other players that have good course history, I guess, if you will, as well. Mark Leishman finished 24th last year. Not that good. He hasn't been playing some good golf for a while now. But he did finish 4th and 7th in his previous two starts here. We can look at someone like Bryson DeChambeau, two straight seventh place finishes, but also has a 26th place finish mixed in there. Uh, and then after that, you know, Patrick Reed, not really all too good, but he did have a second place finish two years ago. So two, his other two finishes were 21st and 25th. So, you know, it's just a higher variance week. But someone like Patrick Reed, I feel like is going to get some steam just because he's due for a win. He's Patrick Reed. I don't know about that. We'll see about that. But let's get into what you guys came in here for. Let's get into the picks. So the picks are going to be a little bit different for this video, just simply for the fact that, well, we don't have any salary, so we don't know exactly what to go off of just yet for, I guess, top-end picks. So with that being said, let me correct this a little bit here. I know. I'm sorry, guys. There we go. So with that being said, I'm just going to be concentrating on kind of the top end picks. I'll give you guys the full preview here. So let's just go based off of the model, the nine to five model, pretty predictive model. Uh, let's just get into the results, I guess, real quick. Uh, the model has been pretty spot on. If we were to include Victor Hublin in here, we'd have another winner, six out of eight winners. I always update the previous tournament the Monday before the upcoming tournament. So out of the seven tournaments that we have here, the nine to five model has predicted five winners. <laughs> Uh, two runner-ups, 15 top 10 uh, finishers, 25 
or 28 top 25 finishes. So over 50% of the players that were top 12 finished top 25. That's pretty good. Eight missed cuts. That's not the best, but we can see here just really packing on some good results there from the nine to five model. So that being said, that's kind of why I'm bringing it up. You know, it's good stuff from the model. So let's point out that Rory is going to be a good pick. Rory has been someone that is in good recent form, six best recent form out of anyone in the field. And this does kind of want me to bring up the new tool at nine to five as well. The player profile sheet which is just, it's a little bit different, pretty much the same, but just a different view, kind of a simpler view for those. It's a separate sheet. So you can really look at it over whichever time period you guys want to. It's up to you guys. So fun stuff there. I just wanted to see his recent form though. So uh, first, 14th, 4th, 43rd, 12th, 46th, and 7th. That is pretty darn good there from Roy. For someone who had really kind of struggled-ish prior to that, struggled with consistently consistency prior to that. So just kind of interesting stuff there from him. Uh, let's just see. How does he do on longer tracks as well? Just out of curiosity here. So length. I'm going to go by length. Long length. Let's see how he's done recently with that so he's had 13 starts over the past year on longer tracks two wins so two of his wins have come on longer tracks that's pretty good made the cut in all but two of them and then all of them were top 25 finishes so good stuff there from rory uh we like to see that so yeah rory's gonna be a player that i'm gonna be on a decent amount uh this tournament do you like sun jm john rom i'm gonna be talking about those guys a little bit later on hint hint um, Sam Burns. Sam Burns is a very interesting play to me this week. Sam Burns has been someone that's, you know, he had a really good fall swing. Look at his key stats. He's fourth in effective scoring, 15th in effective strokes getting off the tee. Birdie to bogey ratio, pretty good in that. 28th strokes can approach, eighth in that. The I guess the worry with him is that he's 60th in long iron accuracy, but overall. We like him as a pick because he's been in such strong recent form. He's in the best recent form out of anyone in the field. Love to see that. Patrick Hanley is another one that would be on a decent amount, I think. Maybe not. That's going to depend on the price points. Um, Kyle Morikawa, another one that I want to bring up, but he's going to be someone that I'll touch on a little bit later on. Uh, JT. I already mentioned JT a little bit. Strong course history. We know JT. If we, we, if we know we're going to get four rounds out of JT, we love that. Um, and that's what we're going to get this week. We see that strong course history. We like that. His most recent start was a third place finish. Like that as well. He ranks out top 10 in the 9 to 5 mile this week. We can see his best stat. Um, effective birdie to bogey ratio. Like that. Strokes can approach 30th in that. Kind of just a uh, version of Sam Burns staff hit wise because they're both a little bit struggling in long iron accuracy, but both, you know, pretty strong recent form. Uh, both kind of expect them to go out and play well. The thing with Justin Thomas is. If he struggles in round one, we know that we should use him on round two showdown because he's one that just typically will go off after struggling. So something to watch out for there if you're playing showdown slates. He could be someone that we want to target on the showdown slates, uh, something that I, I think would be good. While we're on Bryson here, let's just talk about Bryson as a whole. So I am working on like the top 10 moments of the 2021 PGA season. And I have Bryson in some form or fashion in three of them. Um, I'll give you a hint. The BMW Championship playoff, I thought that was pretty awesome as a whole. Fun to watch. 
that's an easy one. The photo bomb thing. That was, I don't know. And that's just with the whole Brooks and Bryson uh, rivalry, I guess, if you will. But just kind of a fun thing. I mean, Bryson sells tickets. Apparently, he posted a video yesterday uh, about his health on YouTube. And he's a YouTube star, guys. I mean, he's like the top YouTube star in golf right now. Uh, But he posted something where it's like, do I do steroids? Test results. Um, at a health clinic, Quest Diagnostics. It was pretty funny. He was fine. He didn't, didn't have steroids. I don't think anyone thought Bryson had steroids. I think everyone thinks that, that Bryson is a tryhard in a good way. I mean, not in a good way. He's really devoted his life to golf, working out and whatnot. I'm like, why are we posting this? Everyone knows you work out a lot. Everyone knows like you're devoted to your craft. You don't have to post this stuff. No one's thinking you're doing steroids here, dude. Uh, just a very interesting thing to me there. But getting into Bryson as a pick this week, um, pretty good results if you just take out his start here four years ago where he finished 26, obviously in a 30 to 34 man field. That's not that good, 26 there. But other than that, seventh and a seventh, you know, we'll take that. We want to be shooting for these guys with up, upside, and I think Bryson has that. He is someone with that added length that he should be able to go out and play well. I am curious. Let's take a peek at him as well on this player profile sheet. I kind of want to see how he has done in those events in which the weather was a little bit bad and on longer tracks in general. So Bryson, I'll pull him up. So over his recent last few starts, obviously other than the one against Brooks where he really sucked, he is not a good partner player. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers carried him and then he he really couldn't get anything going against Brooks. So we don't, I I think we don't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, um, if you guys want to draw conclusions to that, you can. I'm not worried about it, but we can see seventh, second, 31st, eighth. So his prior starts were all pretty good prior to that. So let's just look at uh, courses with a longer track. So 12 starts, one win. 11 of those were top 25 finishes. We like to see that. Um, just seeing, yeah, seaside courses, average strokes gain total, 25th, average place, 22nd. You know, that's that's pretty good. We like to see that. Um, anything else here? Event type. He does a lot better in no cut events as well. That is huge. Like to see that. So a little bit of a boost there for Bryson. No cut events. Longer tracks he does do well at. So let's just kind of exit this out. Select all. Let's just scroll down lower. So he actually surprisingly does a little bit better on shorter tracks than longer tracks, but does take advantage of the longer tracks as well. Does significantly better on no cut events. I want to point that out. He's a much better putter on Bermuda greens than he is any other putter as well. So another thing I just kind of want to point out, um, weather. So he is very interesting and this just might be an outlier. Let's, let's go back a little bit further here for the data to see. Okay. So yeah, I remember when Bryson first started, he was not that good in bad weather situations. He's gotten a lot better as his career has went on. So, you know, I don't really think we have to worry about the weather with Bryson, especially with his added length. I don't really think we have to worry about that with him. Decent pick. Decent pick. That's fine. But now I'm going to get into the core plays here, guys. I know you're all excited. And then I'm going to get into the fades and shoulder short plays. So I want to get into the core plays first before we get into kind of the bad plays. So um, without further ado, well, I, I want to cut this up because like I said, I'm going to be posting some short form content. So let's redo that. 
Alright everyone, going to be getting into the core players here for the Century Tournament of Champions. Going to be focusing on those players here that are going to be good stat fits. Good stat fits are going to be players that have strong control. So stroke scan approach, ball striking, we're going to be looking at that. We're also going to be looking at players that, if they do have course history here, players that have had good results here. And obviously recent form. The thing with recent form is that I like to look at um, over the last 90 days, typically. Most of these golfers haven't played over the last 90 days, so you know we'll have to see. But we're going to start off with probably the favorite. It's going to be John Rahm. And I'm perfectly fine betting John Rahm outright as well. 7-1 to odds there for John Rahm. We look at his recent form. Other than that miscut in his most recent start, second, ninth, third, third. John Rahm has been the best player in golf uh, other than Charlie Woods there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I really do like him. Course history-wise, we can see Four straight top 10 finishes, 7th, 10th, 8th, 2nd. We'd love to see that from John Rahm. Top 10 staff fit. I have him projected to finish top 5. In the 9-5 to five model, he is top 3 as well, tied with Sam Burns. So, yeah, John Rahm really checking all the boxes. Wouldn't shock me if he was able to go out and win this week or at the Century Tournament Champions. The next core play is going to be Sunjay M. This one might surprise some of you guys, but when I was looking at some of the secondary stats, like the specialist stats is what I call it, he was really popping, so like course length, uh, course style, seaside course, uh, bad weather. He's someone that was really popping up there as well decently, and he's someone that has played well at this course in the past. Fifth place finish here last year in his first start. We like at that recent form. His recent form has been pretty good. 19th, 9th, 1st. We like to see that staff at top six staff fit. Got him at a projected finish of top 10. So he's someone in DFS that I think is going to be um, lower priced than he should be. He's going to be someone that I think is a safe play for like a round of top 10 finish, but I also do like him as an outright bet at 22 to 1 just because he's ranking out as the second best pick in the 9 to 5 model this week. And then we look at the next player, Seamus Power. So this is where I'm going to get into like kind of the value side of it, the DFS side of it a little bit more here. Uh, Seamus Power is 50 to 1 for his odds. So that tells me that he's probably going to be a value pick. We just look at that recent form there over his last four starts, a fourth, a miscut, 11th, and a 12th. We love that. We love that he has that upside. So out of his last four starts, he's had three top 12 finishes. That is spectacular. Not that many players in the field have been able to do that. So Seamus Power, I love the upside from him. Not really the best staff in the field, only 19th there. Do have him projected to, uh, to finish around top 25, but he is someone that I think could put it together. Um, just going back to the specialist page once again. Um, I pulled up players that have the best finish on bad or worst conditions. And he was popping up there. He was popping up there pretty good. Top 10 there, which is a little bit shocking to me. And he's had 14 starts. So his average finish on those tracks was 36. Pretty good there for someone that, you know, it's a little bit shocking, I guess. He's probably used to playing in the those windy conditions, but yeah, Seamus Power, 50 to 1. Those are great odds. I think he's going to be a great value play. Once again, going back to the strategy, you want to focus on players that have the upside from the value tier range because you're going to be focusing on players on the top end that are most likely going to top 10. And I think Seamus Power gives you guys that upside to potentially get a top 10 finish. I think it's going to be a safe play as well. And then getting into the last core play, Colin Morikawa. So I think Colin Morikawa is going to be a popular outright bet. 12 to 1, I don't mind that. We look at his recent form, second, 26, uh, 63rd there. Don't mind that from Colin Morikawa. I'm perfectly fine with him as a pick just for those two reasons. Top nine stat fit. Um, 
He has a projected finish of 10th or of a top 10, sorry. I'm okay with that. You know, I like it. I just, I really like that strong course history. We look at his um, stats as well as key stats. Effective scoring is eighth. That is spectacular. Effective stroke scan off the tee, fifth. Birdie to bogey ratio, 15th. Stroke scan approach, 39th. Long iron accuracy, fourth. He's the best in the field in long iron accuracy. Love that. Uh, ranks out top 10 in the 95 mile this week. Kyle Morikawa is going to be my last core play. So yeah, those four players are going to be my favorite core plays. Um, that's just right now. Obviously, salaries could come in and completely change that. But for the most part, the past calendar year was a big year for, I guess, Vegas in general. They got a lot better at handicapping tournaments. Uh, we saw that with outrights, less long shot bets winning, um, and more predictable winners. Going back to the results page, I mean, like 75% of the tournaments, the winner has been a top 12 pick. That kind of goes back to just Vegas. They got a lot better. DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, all those you know companies that do PGA DFS, they've gotten a lot better as a result as well because they're taking that in from Vegas. So uh, values have been less easy to come by, which means they're a little bit more risky. So you know, I don't expect us to have elite values, but obviously it's a game. They have to price it accordingly. So we're going to get some good plays. We'll have to wait and see as the tournament comes on. But I do want to get into some fades. So to get into some fades, I'm going to be getting into the specialist page here. So I'll pull that up. And I do just want to look at some things here. So weather, I've mentioned that a decent amount of times. It's been bad and worse weather conditions. It just gets windy out there. So it doesn't really affect the score too much, which is kind of surprising to me. We've seen the winning score be kind of lower, but it will affect some golfers here. So let's see which golfers have the worst finishes here. You can see Phil Mickelson, Lucas Herbert, Siwoo Kim, K.H. Lee, Cameron Champ, uh, Brandon Grace, go a little bit lower, uh, EVR, Kevin Kisner. So to me, Kevin Kisner is someone that kind of stands out to me. Doesn't play too well in bad weather conditions, but he is someone that has been very vocal about there's just a lot of tournaments out there that I can't win in. This is going to be one of those because he does not play well on longer tracks. We can see he's the third worst in terms of average finish on longer tracks. So yeah, uh, Kevin Kisner, not going to be someone I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be fading him. Also, I'm going to be fading uh, K.H. Lee. He's someone that just doesn't play well in long tracks, doesn't play well um, in these bad weather conditions. He's not someone I'm expecting to go out and play well. And then another player that I'm a little bit worried about is going to be uh, Stuart Sink a little bit. Does do decent in long tracks. That, that was surprising there. Uh, but not the best in bad weather conditions. Do worry about that with him. Let's see how he does on seaside courses. Um, Stuart Sink, you know, almost middle of the pack. Not too worried about him as a pick. You can see Brooks Kepka there. Wow. Struggles on seaside courses. That's interesting there to me. I don't know about you guys, but that's pretty interesting to me. This is over the past year. Interesting stuff there for me. And then the last play I'm going to face is going to be Brandon Grace because he's someone that has been popping up on the secondary stats as well. And the thing I want to point out to this is that they're all bad picks already. And I can show you guys here using the matchup page here. Um, they're all bad picks as, as well. But this kind of furthers that point is that they probably are not going to go out and play well. So the players I was fading can be Brandon Grace. I'll pull him up here. Brooks. Although Brooks has been striping it. That, that match with... Uh, Bryson, that, that might have been a game changer for him because he has really not been all too good 
for a while, I guess. He's been a little bit inconsistent for a while. Then Sink and then Kevin Kisner. Those are going to be the fades. And let's just compare him to a good play. Um, we'll compare him to, I guess, Colin Morikawa. Sure. We can see Cage Lee actually popping up there a decent amount, but that's where I want to point out the secondary stats, those specialist stats. Not going to be a good play uh, when we look at it in that sense. And then Brennan Grace, he is someone that did have a win on a similar style track, windy conditions, uh, seaside style course. But I just don't expect it from him. Brooks Kepka, like I said, just hasn't been playing good golf really up until that match with Bryson. So maybe that was a game-changing point. I know he has some new equipment as well. But for me, I want to see it first from him in an actual tournament. Um, it seems weird to me that he only gets up for a match with Bryson and not even majors anymore. So his biggest motivation has been beating Bryson DeChambeau in a match, a charity match at that. So I don't know. I want to see it from Brooks on a tournament. So I'm going to be fading him. Stuart Sink, don't really expect it from him this week. Kind of touched on why, bad weather. But we can see all these guys rank out pretty bad, especially compared to someone that's a top 10 pick. So I just want to point that out to you guys. In terms of event history, only Colin Morikawa and Brooks would have event history here in the last four years. And then just recent form, none of them really have good recent form except for Colin Morikawa. Um, let's say here, Cage Lee, decent, some decent starts there for Cage Lee. I guess that's why he's popping up a little bit there. So maybe, maybe at the price points right for Cage Lee, I can talk myself into it. Like if he's pretty close to minimum price, maybe, maybe we could get into it. Uh, I do want to get into a couple of shoulder shrug plates as well. So I'll just pull them up here on this page as well, because it's, it's an easy view for you guys to see. So Mark Leishman. And then um, Cam Smith. So Cam Smith ranking out top 10 in the 95 mile. Mark Leishman ranking out top 12. We like to see that. We look at Cam Smith, recent form rank, second best in the field. That's pretty good. Only behind Sam Burns. Uh, no real shock there. Cam Smith has been playing pretty well. Let's pull him up here on the player profile sheet just to get a you know better look at it. Go to the player log part. So 4th, 15th, 9th, 14th, 34th, 2nd, 5th. So yeah, Cam Smith does have some good starts. We can see that just based off of the chart below. It's all kind of on a downward trend, which is something that we want to see. So yeah, he is someone where, you know, if the price is right, I'm closing on my builds and I end up on him, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Kind of just a natural shoulder shrug. I like him. And then kind of same thing for Mark Leishman. I think he's going to end up being a pretty decent value because he sucked recently. Not sucked. I shouldn't say that, but he hasn't been producing as much as some people would think that he would. Um, so as a result, I don't think he's going to be priced as high as he probably should be. And I think if we can get him at like a 7.5K price point range, I'm going to be pretty happy with that. We can see he does have some good starts here in the past other than last year. Um, recent form has not been as good as someone like Cam Smith, um, but that's been okay. Okay there for Mark Leishman, so I don't mind him. You know, these guys are going to be two players that are shoulder shrug players. Not going on my way to play them, but I'm perfectly fine if I end up on them as picks. But that is all I have for you guys. I do want to get into showing kind of new tools at 9to5Sports, but if you guys are just listening on the podcast version, I appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening, guys. This is going to be a weekly thing. It's going to be an in-depth thing that we do. Obviously, we'll cover the results a little bit more as well. But going to be doing a quick highlight of what's new at the 9to5sports.com website. So let's get into that. So first and foremost, well, let's just back this up a little bit. Minimize that. All right. So yeah, let's pull it up here. So let's just go to the homepage first because I think this kind of looks sexy. Um, don't have the full view here, but I think it looks pretty sexy here. So gain your edge today is what it says. Um, just scroll down, kind of a nice little slider here. You guys can check that out. You know, just some simple fun, kind of trim some of the fat out as well, but pretty excited for that. Um, once again, do have the player game log in there. Uh, golf homepage. It's going to be a homepage, kind of just a direct link that people can go to if they want to. It's going to automatically play the most recent video, which will probably be this one if you guys go there. Um, gives you a kind of an easy way to see the most recent lineup, the most recent video posted. Uh, just kind of an easy way. And then I am going to be doing some more golf-specific videos. So like success in DFS. And I think someone, yeah, Rick Rungood made a similar video to this like five days ago. So I watched that kind of similar stuff there. Um, so give both of them a watch because it's good stuff. It's even if you watch this one, head over to Rick's because it is good to kind of get that refresher in your brain. Um, and if you're someone that watched this like a year ago, when this video came out, go ahead and like rewatch this because it's good to get that refresher. I'm going to be doing an updated version of this. All the principles are going to stay the same. I'm just going to be adjusting my strategy a little bit to accommodate for showdown slates a little bit more, because as you guys know, really been strong with the showdown slate. So I'm going to be, you know, doing showdown slates a little bit more aggressively, I think this year. Um, but yeah, you can get to all the normal tools here, the PGA lineup builder, that's going to be there. Um, you know, easy stuff there. Obviously the salaries or anything aren't in there. So nothing's going to populate up. Showdown leaderboard page is something that I'm not sure I haven't even looked at. Um, okay. It is up. It did uh, switch over for this week's tournament. No one started yet. So it still is pulling in the data from the last tournament that we had. So some of these players haven't even had a start there, um, but it does have the round one rankings. So let's just see here, round one ranks. So Billy Horschel popping up as a strong round one option, Taylor Gooch, Hideki, Jordan. Um, typically for round one ranking, I just go off of the nine to five model. That's why I suggest you guys do. And then after that, you can get into the round two showdown like projections. So this will tell you how a player is expected to do for that certain round which is pretty awesome to see um you can see how likely they are to win love to see that as well so win rank um it's going to be victor hovland as number one or, or sam burns number oh victor hovland's not in this event that's why that makes sense he would be because victor hovland won i think the last event so that's why he would be in there but yeah, this is a tool that updates after round one mostly. And then it's go time. So good tool there. Let's get into the cut sweat. Cut sweat beta. Don't have to worry about that for this next event. Kind of just shows you how players are doing. Like to see that. Um, DP tour cheat sheet. This is something I'm going to be doing for Corn Fairy Tour as well. All the stuff that you see that I have active live as well for the PGA membership. I'm going to try to get going for Corn Ferry and European Tour as well. But at the very least, I'm going to have the projections, 
the cheat sheet loaded for those. I'm pretty excited for that. Do want to get into some LPGA tour as well. We'll see. Um, kind of sucks about the DP tour though. I was really excited for it. And then they had that little COVID delay where they, they had to end one of the tournaments early, which was crazy to me. They had to end the tournament mid round and which sucked. It actually did. Cause, uh, I had one lineup with six for six across the cut line. And there were so many withdrawals that like this lineup probably would have had a good chance to cash simply for the fact that luck, I guess, simply for the fact that I targeted players. I think the tournament was in South Africa. I had uh, like a South, South Africa build in which none of them withdrew and they all ended up like making the cut. There's like a travel ban. So that's kind of what, what happened there. It was, it was strange. Let's put it that way. You guys already saw kind of this, uh, Player log a little bit there, kind of just going over. You can scroll by the date, and it'll update. Kind of fun stuff there. Um, strokes gain total can tell you the strokes gain total for that time period. I uh, just a general view, just something fun to look at, I think. And then you can get into the specialist view. So if you just want to look at a certain characteristic, that's there for you. If you want to look at a certain tournament, uh, let's see here. The American Express. Let's see. So it's a P-Tai course, has played well there in the past. Weather has been pretty good, has played well there in the past, going back to it. So yeah, he's done pretty well on P-Tai courses. Not the best putter. He could improve there, I guess. Um, just kind of something fun to look at. This is where you can get their putting stats as well. Um, obviously, we can see Kukuya. I don't know how many starts he had on that specifically. One start on Kukuya. Interesting there. You saw that though, clicked on the stat that I want to see. You scroll up, you can see how many starts there there was for that specific category. It kind of highlights everything else as well. So kind of just a fun thing you guys can do, a simple view that you can do. And then one other thing that I want to mention as well. Well, let's get into the data homepage real quick as well. Because I did add in some stuff. So we have the custom model. This is a super simple custom model. It's always going to have the last 10 starts average and then the last four starts course history average, okay? And then from there, you guys can put in really whatever you want. This is gonna be the key stats for that specific season. So let's look at it. Effective scoring, that 95 stat that I love to use. We can look at that on a long iron accuracy, par four scoring. Let's look at that. I don't like to overload it with stats too much because then we're kind of losing the purpose of it. I like to do like five stats key stats, and then we're good. So strokes can approach, and then, I don't know, strokes can total, sure. So we can see like Roy really popping up there. Like this is a super easy way for you guys to use this tool, okay? And it's something I'm excited to get out to you guys because I know sometimes people like to maybe change up the key stats a little bit. I'm not really sure why, but I wanna give people that ability to do that. So you guys can see that there. Specialist page is pretty much just showing you how players have done on a you know, specific category. You can see, um, Ben, let's do Ben Crenshaw. If we want to look at most strokes game total on Ben Crenshaw course designs, we can do that. Justin Thomas, Rory, Seamus Power. Holy shit. <laughs> Seamus popping up there. Ben Crenshaw course designs. I'm kind of curious. Which, what? Ben Crenshaw, not Ben, uh, Seamus Power. If I can spell. Specialist view. What Ben Crenshaw event was this? 
18D. Okay. Interesting there. All right. A little tidbit there. Seamus Power. Liking him a little bit more now. But that's a way that you guys can use this. Obviously, we want to see more starts in there. Sometimes we don't have that choice. So that is what it is there. And then specialist custom model. This is like a super zoomed in view of everything. And I it's still in beta, so I don't love it just yet. We're working on it. Um, but it kind of tells you what you want to know. A little bit too zoomed in for me. Course data, you guys know the course data page. Player profile page, you know. The ownership leverage page, which is something that I kind of really liked. And then the matchups view. Same stuff there. Pretty simple stuff. But all stuff that I'm excited to get out to you guys. Um, all stuff that I'm excited to get going again. I've missed PGA DFS. I've missed chatting up with you guys. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully this isn't too long of a video. I kind of just want to get something out to people where... You know, they're working their nine to five, they're bored at work. They want to give something to listen. They kind of want, I don't want to say fluff because I want this to be as fluff free as possible. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what you have to do to like create content. And that's why I'm going to be putting out shorter forms for those people that want that short form content. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please give me a subscribe. I do appreciate it. And as always, guys, let's keep cashing.